It's the rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Wednesday, November 24th, the day before Thanksgiving, baby. Got a full slate ahead of us tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. I love three games. Three games on the same day that we can pay attention to. We don't have to worry about red zone. We can just appreciate the football, of course, with family and perhaps an adult beverage or three. I'm not going to lie. I might be dipping into that tomorrow. Uh, But today on the show, I'm going to set you up with rankings. It'll be a little bit of a deluxe edition because I won't be back here tomorrow. Uh, I'll give you wide receiver cornerback stuff today. Well, just real quick on some of the upgrades and downgrades for the week. Also just wanted to note, uh, there are some folks out there who I, I think when I do these these podcasts, they immediately go, they compare the rankings to what they see at FTN, and they notice like, you have this player at 17 and you told me he was 19 on the show and rankings evolve over the course of the week. And if you're focusing on those little details, you're looking at a tree, but I'm trying to present you with the forest on this podcast, right? And ultimately, your best gauge of rankings isn't going to be on a Wednesday. It's going to be on a Sunday. Sunday morning when I go up to New York, I'm in the back of a car and I am updating rankings at like 5 a.m. Then I do update them again during the course of the show over there at CBS Sports Network. And then finally, one last time at about 1230 Eastern, uh, they get finalized there, and that's your best gauge. So I know it's very easy to nitpick and look at the minute details, but look at the bigger picture with all of this stuff and realize that rankings are going to change. I don't think you would want me to just set rankings once on a Tuesday and that's it. So they evolve over the course of the week. Just a little note there. I know a lot of listeners do know that, but I think that gets lost in the shuffle for some folks. Let's dive into it, though, and we'll kick it off at quarterback Lamar should be good to play this week, so I have him at number one, Josh Allen at two, Tom Brady at three, Jalen Hurts. Man, Jalen Hurts has been so much fun at four. I'm not worried about Dak Prescott whatsoever. We'll see what happens with C.D. Lamb, and I'll talk about what we do with Michael Gallup in a minute. Uh, but C.D. Lamb, if even if he doesn't play, I still like Dak a lot in this one. Justin Herbert at six, Aaron Rodgers, stop it with the tone narratives at seven, Matty Stafford at eight, coming back from bye. And then Russell Wilson at nine gets a very favorable matchup. Our top streamer of the week is Cam Newton. And more than just a streamer, he's a streamer plus. He's a guy who we can roster until he proves us wrong as a back-end quarterback. One, Kirk Cousins continues to roll at 11. Joe Burrow at 12. Outside of that, Derek Carr slipping back just slightly at 13. Carson Wentz, I think he's going to have to throw this week at 14. To Rod Taylor at 15, and it's really close between those two. Like, I would not just lock it in, oh, Ratcliffe said Wentz, they're over Taylor, so I have to do that. You're going to want to check back on that one. That has been back and forth for me. And and I'll be honest, this is not a precise process, right? I'm continuing to run numbers throughout the course of the week. I'm continuing to manually adjust over the course of the week as well, and that's a prime case. But to Rod Taylor is one of the better streamers this week. To a 16, Heineke at 17, Jimmy G at 18, that's about where I'd draw the line. That'd be the bottom of the barrel of guys I'd want to start in a one-quarterback league. Moon over to running back, McCaffrey. Love it. He's so good. He's so much fun to watch. And so is Jonathan Taylor, but he does face a relatively tough matchup against the Bucks. It's not a matchup he can't beat, though. Dalvin Cook at three. Austin Eckler at four. What do we get for an encore after last week's game? DeAndre Swift over the last month. He has five runs of 15-plus. Only Jonathan Taylor has more over that span. He's got six. Najee Harris and the volume. 
Love what he's been able to do this season at six. Nick Chubb at seven. Now, that is regardless of Kareem Hunt's return. There is a chance Kareem Hunt is back. He's making it sound like he'll be back this week. It's far from 100%, but even if he's back, still love Nick Chubb. Zeke at eight, practicing in full, should be good to go. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is scoring touchdowns like crazy this season at nine. A.J. Dillon at 10. Now, that is a tentative because Aaron Jones could be back this week. I mean, he's going to practice. Doesn't guarantee he's back, though. I don't know if they rush him back out there. David Montgomery at 11 in a favorable matchup. James Robinson at 12 because they're going to have to feed him the rock. Saquon, the clapper is out. The clapper is gone. So can Freddie Kitchens salvage some volume? I, I don't know, but I'm going to rank him at 13. Uh, 14, Leonard Fournette. 15, Cordero Patterson. We, we shall see if Patterson can get back on the field this week. Daryl Henderson. At 16, Antonio Gibson at 17 with the volume. He's seeing Josh Jacobs at 18. Love the volume in the passing game. Thankfully, we're involving him there. Uh, Speaking of volume, Miles Gaskin is seeing it with no Malcolm Brown. Miles Sanders with no Jordan Howard. Elijah Mitchell, will he play? I think he does. But then again, he didn't play last week. But I have him tentatively at 21. Ramondre Stevenson at 22. Damian Harris at 23. Yep, back-to-back. Giddy up. I don't want to have to play both of those guys, by the way. Speaking of back-to-back, 24. Melvin Gordon. Javante Williams right on the edge of 25. Devonta Freeman at 26. Flex-worthy, but I'm not holding my breath that he retains all the volume with Lamar back. Maybe a little bit more Murray. Tony Pollard at 27. Mark Ingram tentatively at 28, but don't know if he plays. Don't have any word as of right now. Alex Collins at 29. Ty Johnson at 30. Deontay Foreman, 31. J.D. McKissick, 32. Tevin Coleman, 33. And then it gets ugly from there. No, I don't want any piece of Rex Burkhead. And I really don't want any piece of Ty Johnson or Tevin Coleman if I can get away with it at this point. I realize beggars can't be choosers. Incidentally, if Ingram can't go, this is pretty much where I would rank Tony Jones. I know that's going to be a question, so he'll be right in this flex range right here. All right, there's your running backs for you. Let's do a quick break, and then when we come back, we will dive into wide receivers here for Week 12 Fantasy Football. Moving on to wideouts. Good to have Cooper Cup back. He's been phenomenal, and I think that continues here. Devontae Adams at two. Not worried about a Jalen Ramsey shadow because they don't shadow this year, so not worried about that. Debo Samuel at three. Justin Jefferson at four. These guys, the young guns, man, at the position have been so much fun. Stephon Diggs on a little bit of a touchdown roll here. Jamar Chase. Well, he's got eight touchdowns in the season, so I guess he's on a touchdown roll as well. Chris Godwin in a favorable spot uh, at seven. And I'll talk about that in a minute here. Deontay Johnson at eight with the volume. Man, it's like you almost like ink him in for 13 targets. Speaking of favorable spot, DK Metcalf facing off against Washington. I love that matchup for him. Mike Evans. Mike Evans had another double-digit touchdown season. I don't think we appreciate Mike Evans enough. I really don't. I, I appreciate him enough, but... I think the collective masses don't appreciate him enough. Do we realize what he has done over the course of his career? Like, when you look at it, it is really remarkable. He is now, uh, obviously, in his eighth year in the league. He has 7,000-yard seasons. He's on the fast track to another one. He now has his fourth double-digit touchdown season. It's incredible. But he gets hated on so much. I, I don't know. Anyway, I love him this week. I love him just in general. 
the production is awesome. CD Lamb, I am tentatively ranking at 11. I do think that he gets through the concussion protocol, although it is unprecedented. Well, not completely unprecedented. It has happened, but it's very rare. But I think he is out there. Uh, Keenan Allen at 12 and his volume. Terry McLaurin, the upside of Terry McLaurin at 13. Tyler Lockett in that favorable matchup at 14. Michael Pittman Jr., I think this is a bounce back week for him at 15. It's It's a pass funnel. You know, Tampa's defense. Uh, DJ Moore, it's not great, but it's not bad with Cam Newton out there. And now I'm going Michael Gallup currently at 17. I'll admit, the C.D. Lamb ranking and the Gallup ranking right now are are slight hedges. I think if C.D. Lamb is guaranteed to go, I'll move him up just slightly into the top 10. Yeah, top 10, probably 8. I will move Michael Gallup down just slightly to the bottom of the wide receiver twos. So just be aware there. A.J. Brown, another one that's up in the air at 18. Adam Thielen, all he does is score touchdowns at 19. Mike Williams at 20 with his high ceiling. And T. Higgins at 21 with his high ceiling. Darnell Mooney at 22, riffing really well with Andy Dalton. Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddell is fifth among wideouts in catches. He's, I mean, it's not high ADOT catches, but I don't care. PPR especially. Brandon Cook's 24. There are two startable options out of the Texans, though, for fantasy purposes, because I think Terod Taylor has a priority streamer this week. Uh, Brandon Ayuk at 25. 26, Elijah Moore. Does Zach Wilson's presence hurt him? Yeah, somewhat. Somewhat. It could be a little bit of a mess. It's a nice matchup, though. Devontae Smith at 27. Rashad Bateman without Marquise Brown at 28. If Marquise Brown goes, of course, we will move Marquise Brown way up. Basically, to the top, he'd be he'd be a fringe wide receiver one, and Rashad Bateman would move down to back end wide receiver three territory. So it's a little bit of a hedge rank right now with Rashad Bateman. Chase Claypool at twenty nine, Jerry Judy at thirty. I still believe in Jerry Judy. Marvin Jones at thirty one. They're going to have to use more LaVisca Chenault, and I actually think that helps Marvin Jones out, because remember, Jamal Agnew is now out for the season. Hunter Renfro at 32, I'm not worried about last week. Corey Davis at 33, I do prefer Elijah Moore, but Corey Davis still has value. Cortland Sutton at 34, I do prefer Jerry Judy, but Cortland Sutton still has value. Emmanuel Sanders at 35, then Jacoby Myers at 36, Van Jefferson right there on the outside at 37, along with Odell Beckham. Not quite sure how much Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be used this week, but his role is going to continue to increase, which will basically then take Van Jefferson out of the fantasy conversation. Uh, Cole Beasley, Canarius Tony, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Kendrick Bourne, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis, Tim Patrick, LaVisca Chenault, Cedric Wilson for now, Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith, and Jamison Crowder rounding out the top 50. At tight end, well, if you have one of the top three, you're good. Obviously, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, you're good. If you don't and you have Kyle Pitts, you're pretty good. And I don't, I have a little bit of concern about that offense overall, but Pitts is still going to get his. TJ Hawkinson bouncing back along with Mike Kosicki at five and six, bouncing back after their slight down weeks. Dalton Schultz sliding in at seven. He should see plenty of volume this week. Dallas Goddard at eight. Speaking of volume, Rob Gronkowski, surprising volume last week at nine. He looked good. As long as he stays healthy, he's Gronk. I mean, he's he's a he's a all-time great, so there's that. 
Dawson Knox at 10, seeing some volume last week. Hunter Henry will not see volume, but he does score a lot of touchdowns, so he at least gives you that benefit there. But if he doesn't score touchdowns like like he did last week, right, it it could be a bad play. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, no Eric Ebron, so that's good for Fryermuth. He comes in at 12. Outside of that, if you don't have those guys, Noah Fant may have been dropped, so you could possibly stream him. I'm not worried about the goose egg for Dan Arnold. I have him at 14. Tyler Conklin is a 3-for-32 guy at 15. Same with Tyler Higby at 16. Evan Ingram maybe benefits from Freddie Kitchens as the interim coordinator. I don't know. 17. Cole Komet at 18. I really don't love Cole Komet with Andy Dalton under center. Austin Hooper at 19 because basically every wide receiver for the Browns is hurt. So you somebody's got to catch the ball, right? And that's about as far as I would go into streamer ter- territory. But just be aware that there's not much difference between Austin Hooper at 19 and Josiah DeGuara at 32. <laughs> like, that's, that's tight end for you right there. All right, some quick thoughts on wide receiver cornerback for us this week. Matchup-wise, uh, uh, let's, let's talk about the... Thanksgiving Day games first. I am upgrading Stephon Diggs against New Orleans because that secondary gives up a lot of receiving touchdowns. Even though he may see a shadow from Marshawn Lattimore, I'm not worried about it. Darnell Mooney versus Detroit is an upgrade, and he saw a buttload of targets. It's a technical term from Andy Dalton last week. Uh, In the Dallas-Vegas game, Michael Gallup, a little bit of a downgrade on the outside because he's going to see a lot of Casey Hayward, and he's quite good. On the other side, I'm upgrading Hunter Renfro out of the slot. That's the matchup you want to attack against the Cowboys. And downgrading Brian Edwards, he'll see both Anthony Brown and Trayvon Diggs. I don't expect a shadow for him in this one. Uh, The rest of the week are upgrades. Cooper Cup versus Green Bay. I mean, he's Cooper Cup and he's awesome, and I don't really need to do the math for you here, but the matchup you attack against Green Bay is out of the slot. Justin Jefferson versus San Francisco. You know, Josh Norman is just not, um, you know, he's not, peak career Josh Norman so you can attack him Deontay Johnson versus Cincinnati I'm especially looking to pick on Eli Apple Brandon uh, Ayuk and Debo Samuel against that that really lackluster Minnesota secondary Patrick Peterson actually shadowed a little bit last week but doesn't really change anything for me DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett already mentioned that against Washington Mike Evans and Chris Godwin already mentioned that how I like those guys against Indianapolis uh Keenan Allen and Mike Williams versus Denver Mike Williams you know Patrick Sertan is going to be a very good corner in the NFL but you also have Ronald Darby out there and and you're really hurting in the slot so this is where I think you can attack this defense especially Keenan Allen's going to see volume regardless of who he faces but I think you know really it's a it's a mismatch here with Kyle Fuller on the other side he should have no problem there in that matchup Michael Pittman versus Tampa Bay I already mentioned that but this Tampa secondary is Certainly a pass funnel. And you're talking, you know, D Delaney on the outside. I mean, Jamil Dean is playing and he is pretty solid, but D Delaney, anytime you get Pittman up against D Delaney, uh, give me a piece of that for sure. Uh, let's see who else here. Jacoby Myers versus Tennessee. I don't mind him in this matchup where he is facing Elijah Molden out of the slot. Uh, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis versus Houston. I already alluded to that a little bit. Now, the the limiting factor here isn't necessarily the matchup. It's Zach Wilson under center. How much does that impact things? Because obviously, Wilson has struggled for a bulk of his rookie season. Moving over to the downgrades, if A.J. Brown does play, I would expect a shadow from J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson is pretty good at what he does, allowing a 49% catch rate on the season. 
So that is bad for A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith versus the Giants could see a shadow as well. But I actually don't think there's a shadow here. I just think he's going to see both James Bradbury and Adoree Jackson. They didn't shadow last week. They really don't have to shadow. And both of those guys are holding their own on the outside. Rashad Bateman versus Cleveland. The Cleveland secondary has been one of the better secondaries, and maybe that story continues to fly under the radar, but I really like what we've seen out of Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams on the outside, and I think Greg Williams, or Greg Newsome, Greg Williams. <laughs> There's a blast from the past. Greg Newsome is a very quality player. This secondary, man, top to bottom, top to bottom. Uh, Jarvis Landry, if he plays versus Baltimore, I don't like the matchup there because you're you're going to face, uh, well, Tavon Young and Marlon Humphrey, and it's just not, not a favorable spot. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling versus the Rams, and he's going to come out of the – he's going to come on the, the right. Randall Cobb playing the slot. That's obviously downgrade, but we're not, we're not going to use him. But I think some people might be on Valdez-Scantling after last week. He'll see more Darius Williams. Remember, when they go three wide, Ramsey plays in the slot. And the way that these guys line up, Devontae Adams more on the left side, he's going to be the one who gets the good matchup against Robert Rochelle, uh, not against Darius Williams. So that's tougher for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And then Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney against the Eagles, as my Philly friends would call them. Not a good spot there. That Philly secondary is pretty good as well. We've seen Darius Slay really surge. He's playing great football. Vontae Maddox playing very good football as well out of the slot. It's There's not a good matchup to be had there, plus the fact you have Daniel Jones throwing you to football. So there you go. Little little tease there, a little preview. Hey, over at FTNFantasy.com, all of our tools are free right now, plus rankings, so go check those out. And if you want to get in on a subscription, this is a Black Friday special that starts on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, but the promo code is Black Friday, and it gets you 40% off on any one of our subscriptions. So a fantastic deal right there that, I mean, we don't give that deal out very often. In fact, we kind of had to pull teeth to get that deal in place, but I wanted to uh, make sure you knew about that. You could also give FTN Fantasy or FTN Daily or FTN Bets as a Christmas gift, right? Or holiday gift if you don't happen to celebrate Christmas. The holiday season, though, tis the season for giving gifts. Why not? Why not? At Jeff Rackliff on Twitter, at Jeff Rackliff on Instagram, and I'll be back on Friday for our regular Friday pod. I'm very thankful, by the way, for everybody who listens to this podcast. Hey, without you, I'm not able to do this job, so thank you very much for that. Enjoy that holiday of yours, though. Definitely enjoy Thanksgiving. If you're a Canadian listener, well, just enjoy your Thursday, okay? I'll catch you on Friday for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Rackliff, and I'm out. We'll be right back.